Welcome. You're listening to Janesville Mobilizing for Changes Together for Change podcast, your source for local substance abuse prevention matters in Janesville and Rock County. Here's your host, Aaron Davis. Good morning and thank you for joining us. This is Aaron Davis, your host for Together for Change. Today, I'd like to welcome Brian McCormick from Hedberg Public Library. Thank you, Brian, for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Erin. Today, I would like to discuss with you the impact that COVID has had on library services and your patrons and how Hedberg has adapted to meet the needs of the people that you serve. So can you start by telling us about Hedberg, the locations and the services that you offer? Sure. Uh, so the main library is here in downtown Janesville. Uh, we are open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5. And we have an express location at the new Janesville Uptown Mall. Uh, that is open, I want to say, 11 to 5, Monday through Saturday. Um, so we have those two locations. Uh, at the main uh, location, we are still offering curbside delivery of materials that have been uh, ordered by patrons. So if, if they don't want to come in and pick up their items, we'll bring them to the door for them. Uh, but patrons are welcome to come in and browse the shelves and, and pick out books and materials that they would like. Uh, we do, we have removed a lot of our furniture from the floor and that's just to kind of keep that social distancing up and to discourage people from just hanging out here. I mean, it, that was kind of a hard thing for us because a lot of people like to come to the library and socialize and, and meet other people, collaborate on things. And during this pandemic, that's just something that's not encouraged. So uh, we are, um, we did remove furniture uh, from a number of places and um, are encouraging you know people to come and get the things they need, but then to head out. And for the most part, people are really doing that. So that that's helped one of the, things we could not do during the pandemic and a big part of the library is our programs and, and events that we have. And those have all had to migrate to the online environment. Uh, those things that we could still do a number of things were, were put on hold as our you know events throughout our nation. So right. we're really no different there. You had mentioned the services, the programs that you guys do. And it really kind of brings home the library offers much more than just books. So can you tell us a little bit about that, uh, the types of programs that you serve, how it impacts your patrons, any sure. other services um, that you have? I think probably the most common are the story hours and events that, you know, we do for kids. And uh, the summer reading program is a big one. You know, that's always been the thing that bridges the gap. Uh, between school years for kids, and it's typically our biggest time of year. Um, and that was all, you know, gone virtual. And it's been tough for our staff because we're used to large number numbers of parents and their kids coming in to getting materials. And, you know, that really isn't what happened this year. They all, right. you know, some parents came in and got materials and, and all that. But, you know, any events we had planned uh, for the summer reading had to go virtual and so it's just it's just been very different we have 
services for seniors as well, our Hedberg at Home program where people, uh, our volunteers will take items to patrons' homes, uh, deliver those. You know, that's been put on hold. We're hoping to bring that back soon. Uh, we just had many concerns of volunteers uh, going to those homes. And the people that tip or sign up for Hedberg at Home are uh, susceptible or more susceptible to COVID-19. So we've had to be very careful there. And then a lot of uh, programs, events for seniors, who might have a speaker come in and all that, you know, that's all been postponed or some have gone online, but that's really had a big effect. And, you know, our, our signature event every year is our night at the library. And for the most part, it's, it's postponed. We're doing some online, some virtual, but obviously it's not the same. I mean, it's, it's a great event for people to come and socialize and, and help out the library and we're not able to do it in the same way. So there's a lot of things we're trying to do or continue to do. It's just in a completely different environment. So with the virtual programs, have you found those to be very successful so far? Are they busy? Some, but not as much. Um, So what we heard from our patrons is they really prefer the interaction. So when you're on site with someone, there's a lot of interaction. So we're adjusting our virtual to try and, and probably limit the numbers of people that attend, having them sign up and come at a specific time. And then there can be interaction between the parents of kids and the librarian. So oh, that sounds um, good. that's, pro- yeah. And that's probably what we've, that's what we've really heard. And they like that. So we're again, adjusting um, how we do things so that there can be that, that interaction between the, uh, the librarian and the participants. So, um, once that's established, and that'll be this fall with our, our new programming lineup, they'll you know they'll be able to participate in it and get a high quality interaction with with our staff. So that's that's one thing that we've we've learned from and adjusted and working to provide that. So, and if somebody wanted to read books and they didn't trust the idea of coming in and picking up a book either because they were afraid that the materials might be compromised or um, you know, maybe they don't want to do curbside service for the same reason. There are other ways that people can get literature into their hands through the library virtually, correct? Yeah, we're a part of several consortiums where Overdrive and we have Hoopla, and these are all um, electronic resources of books or audio, some movies. Um, we have Canopy service, so um, you can get um access to uh, library materials, you know, strictly online and, you know, never have to visit the library uh, if you don't want to. Canopy is a nice one because uh, there's no uh, waiting for that. that. That's one where we, we pay for each um, download uh, of a material. So if you, there's something on Canopy, not, excuse me, um, Hoopla, if there's something on Hoopla that you would like, um, you can get it right away. And so that, that's kind of a nice service. Um, Overdrive has a lot of materials, um, but they, they run that like a typical library. So if someone has something checked out, you have to get on the waiting list and wait for something to become available. Um, and sometimes you can get it right away. Sometimes you have to wait. I and mean, if you want the latest um, book that's been released, you might be waiting a little bit. But um, Is there a limit to the number you can Hoopla. check out? 
they're on, I believe, I know on Canopy, uh, excuse me, Hoopla, I keep mixing up Canopy <laughs> and Hoopla. Uh, and we bought them about the same time. Um, with Hoopla, I believe we're at six checkouts a month on okay. that one. Overdrive, I'm not as, I, I believe you can have, I don't know if there's a limit. I don't think there is. But obviously, if if you had you had twenty holds on something else and they came in, <laughs> you wouldn't. I don't know that you'd have time to to read all twenty items. So it's just you know just kind of be mindful of what you're placing on hold or what you're checking out, and so right. that you're not overwhelmed when something comes in. Maybe take a couple weeks off of work so you can just read through all your books. There you go. Yeah. I remember as a kid leaving the library and having a stack of books so tall that I'd have to tuck it under my chin to make sure it didn't all fall out on the way. Oh, yeah. I used to, well, I, I didn't live too far from our library when I was a kid. I would just ride my bike and I'd usually get two or three Hardy Boy books. And that Hardy kept me Boys. busy for a few days. And then when I was done, then I'd go back and get some more. Yep. I was all about so. the boxcar kids. So. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about curbside service? How does that work? Curbside, so if you go online and you place holds on items, uh, when they come in, we will notify you that they are in, and then we have you pick a time and a date when you would like to come pick those up. And then our staff will have those available. And then so if it's, say, I'm going to pick up my items on Thursday at 10 o'clock, then at 10 o'clock, you pull up, um, you can call the number. There's a number outside. We have a so it's curbside pickup here. There's a number you can call that. Or many times our staff are already down there waiting for you, and they'll come and ask you, you know, your name, and then they'll bring the item right to your car and uh, drop it in the back seat or trunk or wherever. And it's already all checked out to you. So That's a pretty it's pretty slick. Service. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, thinking it's, of, you know, bad weather days when you don't want to get out of the car or... Um, sure, make the, like, make the library staff do that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we have umbrellas. We can, <laughs> we can handle it. <laughs> Are there any specific needs or services that have been identified as being greater or more prominent now that COVID has disrupted normalcy? I think professionally... Um, you know, libraries participate in systems and activities and stuff statewide. Before COVID, there was always a big focus on, well, we got to be able to attend meetings. So we don't want too big of systems because then we're driving, you know, an hour or two to meetings. And we don't want to do that. Well, with COVID, everyone switched to the online environment. You're using Zoom or Teams or GoToMeeting or what have you. And I think a lot of that kind of went away that, okay, you know what, you can have meetings, you know, from greater distances and this work, this medium works just well. So from a professional standpoint, I think it, it's um, more productive really that you can, you know, at, at nine o'clock get on your computer and attend a meeting and you can have people, you know, from out the state or nationwide or worldwide or what have you. Right. And you can have an effective meeting and you're not wasting as much time driving around and stuff. So in that way, um, I think it's improved things because we've had to really leverage technology and use it. And a lot of that fear that people had uh, but not, about not being able to meet every month and stuff has kind of gone away. So that, that's one thing there. Um, the other is that 
and we had we've got a lot of uh, electronic resources. Most of our reference material is online, and you can still access all that. Um, you know, our librarians are answering phone calls. They're in a virtual environment, so they can still access all that information and get that to people. But you know, patrons themselves, they can just you know go right to the resource and, and do their research and. Uh, none of that has been disrupted. I think early on we were all worried that oh, everyone's going virtual. We're not going to have the bandwidth to support it. And to my knowledge, that hasn't been an issue that people have pretty much still been able to get to materials and there hasn't been this big drag on the bandwidth. And, and maybe in some places there has been, but for the, for the most part, I think that worry that the, um, the foundation or the, the bandwidth and all that stuff has been, has been there. So right. uh, that's been a good thing, but just having access to information, all that still there, uh, maybe it's not how everyone, you know, preferred to get their information. They wanted to come in and talk to someone, but you can still, you can still get access to it. And, right. So that's a good thing. Well, and like you said, people can still call and they can speak, they can speak to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just over yep. the phone rather than in person if they're nervous about coming in. And I agree with you about some right. of the efficiencies. While at first it was kind of unusual and new territory, now I think people are sliding into, you know, the habit where, like you said, it doesn't take 15 minutes to 15 hours to get to a meeting, depending on where it is. Mm-hmm. And um, I've noticed in our meetings, at least, that even those are moving along more efficiently than they used to. Maybe a little bit less um, chit-chat. Yeah, I would I would agree. I think the, the meetings have gotten more efficient. <laughs> yeah. Which is good. That's good for everyone. <laughs> well, thank you, Brian. We're going to take a quick break to learn about the social host ordinance, and then we'll be back. Underage drinking is against the law. Hello, this is Rock County Sheriff Troy Knutson. Under Wisconsin state law, it is illegal for adults to provide a location for underage drinking parties, even in their own home. The first violation will cost you more than $450. Don't worry about being the popular parent. Be the responsible one. Those who host lose the most. This message brought to you by the Rock County Prevention Network. Welcome back. Just before our break, we were discussing how the library has adapted to fit the current situation. And now, Brian, what I'd like to talk about is whether or not future adaptations are coming or if some of the adaptations that you've already made will stick around. Um, We talked about uh, reduced and modified services, but will there be any funding challenges or increases from stimulus funding that will cause future changes? I think um, revenue across the board for, for businesses and state and federal local governments is being challenged and will likely rear its ugly head here as we near the end of the year. Um, so going into 2021, I think you're going to see reductions in some way or some form. Um, at the library, we We've had a number of uh, staff resignations or retirements. We have not uh, rehired any of those positions, kind of knowing what's coming. 
So what I think when we get into 2021, you know, those positions will, or some of those will remain vacant. And, you know, we've reduced our hours to accommodate that. So we used to be a seven day a week service. We used to go to nine o'clock. When we reopened for the pandemic, we went from a nine to five um, hours of service and we dropped Sunday. And I think that's going to remain in place for some time. Uh, the one thing about Sunday is that I think, you know, personally, you know, from my perspective, uh, a lot of I, I think family became more important for a lot of people. And you, mm-hmm. know, you saw, I think you see more people needing family time. Um, and Sunday was, you know, years ago was always kind of the day that people had as a day of rest, if you will. And, you know, I have a, I have a feeling that might be coming true again. Um, we have not had, I have not fielded any um, complaints from patrons about our redu- reduction in hours um, at this time. I think everyone understands that, that you need some time off and sure. you've only got so many um, staff members to, to do the job. So I, I think, um, nine to five, Monday through Saturday works for us. And I think it works for the public. And so I have a feeling we're going to see that for some time. We are looking at maybe adding a few hours in the evening, a couple of days a week. Um, so we're hoping to, to do that just as schools reopen right. <laughs> and whatever impact that might be, but some, you, you still need to, research at the library if you're, if you're at school or university what have you sure so we're we're looking to add some hours there but moving forward i have a feeling you know nine to five monday through saturday is likely going to be our hours do you see a permanent increase in the electronic resources that you offer do you foresee that in the future well yeah it, it's gone up a little bit i think you know as I'd like to say there's some normalcy coming back in the fall just with uh, schools opening up again. Um, and we'll see what comes of it. Uh, it, it might be a situation where um, our electronic resources might get really hit pretty hard. And right. We should be able to handle it. Um, you know, we've got the bandwidth and it's just if uh, our service providers can handle it. So, I mean, a couple of years ago, we there was a, a popular product that helped um, in the summer reading program, and that vendor was not prepared for everyone going and accessing it, and so there was a lot of issues um, on their end that you know patrons couldn't get that information. Um, I think a lot of vendors learned their lesson and they increased their storage and their access to their materials. So. Um, we shouldn't have that type of issue again, but yeah, I, I have a feeling, especially some of our um, reference databases that will probably get used fairly heavily um, as school reopens. There's a number of things that we still provide. You know, we have uh, financial databases, we have business databases. Um, so those are, you know, fairly steady use on those throughout the year. And it's just our reference materials that tend to get used a bit more during the academic year. 
And do you see that there might be any um, future services or needs that might emerge as this public health crisis continues on? You know, I have a feeling just at our, our service point, you know, what we will likely be mindful of, you know, exposure that staff have. Um, so I think I have a feeling that the plexiglass and all that stuff will remain up. but. Hopefully, things start to return to normal a little bit. I think one thing that we learned during this is that, you know, humans need interaction. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they, they're, 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 we're, we're very social. And uh, I think part of the reason why this pandemic just doesn't want to go away is you know, people get, get tired of the things that they need to do and they uh, loosen up a little bit on their social distancing and stuff and then the uh, virus starts spreading again so you know hopefully you know at some point you know we're able to kind of return to some normalcy but I think we'll always be mindful of making sure that we have um, or the ability to provide the virtual option for people or even if we're doing something here in person is there an easy way we could broadcast it or tape it so that we make it available and someone can access it later? I think we, you know, we're always going to be mindful of our uh, our staff and you know making sure that there's um, something you know to like the plexiglass. That, that's a real simple thing that we can have, and ours is not um, horribly restrictive. I mean, it's a barrier there, so if you know someone coughs or sneezes and you know, they should be wearing a mask, but then that barrier helps make sure our staff is protected. But also, um, you know, ours is where you can still interact with the patron and have a discussion without um, too much difficulty. Um, you know, I think as a society, we've been hearing for years to cover your cough and wash your hands. And this, more yeah. than anything, has really hit home the fact that it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And you know, even yeah, for some people yeah. who believe themselves or consider themselves to be introverts, I'm sure that they are starting to find this enforced seclusion somewhat difficult. Yeah. Because, like you said, yeah. humans need interaction. We're a pack animal. Right. Which is why we right. gather in and cities. I think, um, I, know, I don't remember where I, I overheard this, but just like drinking fountains and you know, they're all closed right now. And mm-hmm. in the future, is it going to be more of a refillable station for uh, water bottles? So maybe we're all going to be walking around with water bottles, which might not be a bad thing. Well, maybe <laughs> then, we'll be better you know, filling those up. And, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And having those uh, available. And so you have, um, you know, like a hydration station or have you, where yeah. you can fill up your, uh, your water bottle and then uh, less of the the drinking fountain. So that might be a change that uh, is coming forward. But And hopefully um, by that time, it'll be safe enough to stand around the refilling station without a mask. There you go. Yeah. 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 So we can still have our, our uh, water fountain discussions in the morning, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So Brian, if somebody found themselves to be in need of library services, who is eligible and how can they access the services? Yeah, everyone is eligible, um, even people from outside of Janesville. If they called up and they needed uh, information, um, 
we're able to provide it for them. And that's been happening uh, a bit more lately with, I don't even think Madison Public Library is reopened yet. We've oh. got several of their patrons that have been visiting us and getting information and stuff. So there's, there's still some libraries around the state that haven't reopened. Okay. Um, so we are you know, able to help them out. And we might ask for their uh, library card number. Um, that's you know if we're if we're requesting something through interlibrary loan or a magazine or something, you have to provide a, a Wisconsin library card number just to do that. But if you have a, a library card at your library, you know that's fine. So really anyone can get services here. But uh, typically it's your your local um, community, and you know if they they want to just give a call and maybe they're just curious. Um, they're uh, wondering if we provide this or that, you know, go ahead and give us a call. I mean, the, the librarians are there to, to answer um, phone calls. If you get the um, answer machine, just leave the, uh, leave your message. Oftentimes, you know, personally, I would rather just leave the message that way, you know, I can leave all the information for them that I have. And then when they get it, they can call me back and, Right or email person. if that's you know how you want to do it yeah. yeah and so they can they can get that information and get it back to you but yeah if in doubt you know just feel free to give us a call and ask seven five eight six six zero zero and finally what would you like listeners to take away I would you know just kind of reiterating what what I mentioned that if if anyone has any questions or you know what have you, you know, the library is kind of a, a first place to go for a lot of information so. You know, you know, just give us a call and ask. We try to have all the current information about the health crisis going on. And when it first started, we had a, a link um, regarding COVID-19 so people could go and, and get information. Um, we still have it up. So if there's things you want to look at, uh, we have information. And as the county makes changes, we try to make sure we have that information available for the public as well. So um, any questions or whatnot, feel free to give us a call and we'll do what we can to help you. So things look a little different right now, but you know, we're still your local library. We're here in the community and we're here to help. Well, thank you for joining us today for Together for Change. Please stay tuned for our next episode and have a great day.